0: Everybody, welcome back to the IGN Movies podcast. Keeping it real. This is Jim Vavasor Stacks, joined as always by Chris Carl. Hello, everyone. And once again, the Fonzie of this, our happy days, <laughs> Roth Cornett, oh. the breakout character.
1: Yay! Thank you. That's you're, amazing. Maybe
0: you're Chachi. I don't know. She's mm. back.
1: I'm <laughs> no. I'd rather be Fonzie, but thank you.
0: Hey. So, all right. Well, we have. Uh, a lot to talk about this week but i am determined to get to more than one reader email this time oh I, I carry a lot of guilt with me for never getting to to read enough of those so let's talk about last weekend's box office uh identity thief topped it um i guess i won you <laughs> uh, yeah we were all off but uh, we all we had the order correct each one of us uh had um The correct order of Identity Thief in first place, Warm Bodies in second place, and Side Effects in third. I thought Identity Thief would make 18. Roth thought it would make (laughs) 17.5, and Carl thought it would make 23. It actually made 34.6 million, a better opening than Bridesmaids.
2: Quite good.
0: Yeah. So Melissa McCarthy, kind of an instant comedy star, I guess.
2: Yeah. I I thought I was being like really robust with mine. I was like, oh man, I'm probably gonna go over, but I was still under by 14. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's we were oh, no, by 11. In the,
0: 11. Bar- uh, in the uh, ballpark, though, on warm bodies, uh, I had a 13. Roth had it at 15. You had it at 10. It was actually at 11.4. And then side effects, I thought would be 11. Roth, 10.5. Chris, 8. <laughs> It was nine point three. So Chris, you were actually closest this week. So wow. yeah. in related news, pigs are flying. <laughs> Chris <laughs>
1: wins. That means we beat the crap out of him. In later. other That's news, right. <laughs> I still missed everything by
0: a lot. <laughs> but he was still closer than than myself and Roth. But well, and
1: I, you were. I really was just copying you and then being. You kind of about were. It lives. was
0: quite frankly, it I it, it was rather <laughs> a contrary thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: well. Maybe the opposite of contrary. Um, so oh, we're getting wh-
0: corrected already. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There's the correction bell. What do
2: we think about Identity Thief in terms of why was that successful? We you said Melissa McCarthy. Do you think she's like a big enough star now that she's carrying movies, or uh, is it I just think, a perfect storm
0: of her and the? Well, baby? I think this is the first movie she's carried. This is but, the
1: first mm-hmm. movie they made the attempt. Yeah, but I think it does have the addition, the appeal of Bateman. I I wish that this was not the first attempt for her, to be honest. I
0: mean, apparently it's a pretty horrible movie. I haven't seen it, but I've heard nothing but crap about it. I just hope she
2: does a lot of physical comedy in it and does some (laughs) really weird sort of. Pseudo sexual things in the movie that make us all uncomfortable. I just hope that that is all in I'm the sure movie. I'm sure that's
1: not present. <laughs> I'm no. thinking probably not. You know, I, like I, I kind of she has this one coming out with Sandra Bullock, the which, Heat, the Heat, the yeah, heat, which also looks a bit silly. You know, She's I wonder how of that the, will the do. The new Roseanne My Rosie
0: O'Donnell type. You know, the the uncouth blue collar heavy set woman that you know Americans can relate to. Uh, But, yeah, she is way funnier. And I I like her a lot in in Bridesmaids. And she was the only thing that kind of made me chuckle in the trailer for that and the heat. But I I don't know. She was good on uh, Saturday Night Live as well. Well, she's great. um, And she has this one kind of small part in this is 40 and she's great in that
1: yeah she's super talented I mean she I love M- Melissa McCarthy and I'd love to see her have a great vehicle I just I mean I'm glad that people came out I hope they continue to come out for her is what I'm saying after identity thief is said and done.
2: Somebody buy her a Ferrari buy, buy <laughs> it
1: right now. Because
2: she needs a great vehicle. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> oh, oh man, you
2: bring out the awful in uh, me.
0: You get a correction oh. bell for that. Yep. Okay. Man, we already got two bells. Uh, t- 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 we, this is like a two-alarm fire at this point. <laughs> if there's two bells. All right, so let's uh, let's jump into the the week that was in movie news. While there weren't a lot of topics, there's much to discuss about the few that that. You know, we do have to talk about the the foremost being right now X Men. X Men: Days of Future Past is gearing up. It's gonna uh, it's gonna start filming in the next few months. And Brian Singer has said a couple of he's doing a lot of press for Jack the Giant Slayer, and he did say that the movie is going to be shot in 3D. He is generous with information. he yeah. is. He's 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 giving it up like a
1: just like a you w- say like, it do it I, I, say I, it I didn't have drunk. It like. I, Ooh, I don't girl. know
0: i think he <laughs> <no>. <laughs> i think he
1: likes
2: i think he realizes that he's like a fanboy himself he realizes like what that means to people who are anticipating a movie yeah. he likes to give out those little tidbits
1: i also th- i mean honestly i think he gets excited i really oh, yeah, do totally. like i think yeah. he gets psyched about something and he's like Guess what happened? Dude. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I just like announced that." And social world. media has
0: <laughs> has given him a platform to not, you know, uh, think probably before he leaps. But yeah, he's he's making a lot of casting announcements via Twitter. He did say that Peter Dinklage is going to be in the movie. Now he didn't say Game of Thrones, uh, Tyrion Lannister is going to be in the movie. Now just making it that much cooler of an ensemble.
1: It's, it's, it's like I can't even handle it. I mean, right now you are. Wearing a Game of Thrones t-shirt. Yeah, but
2: here's the best part. So I'm wearing a Game of Thrones t-shirt. Well, I wore it because it's red and it's Valentine's Day, but I'm wearing okay. a, La- a House Lannister yes, t-shirt right which now.
1: Which I question your morality, but continue. And
2: I'm al- it's because of <laughs> Tyrion, it's Because though. of Tyrion, okay. Well, so then, then I'm, I'm also carrying you. my Peter Dinklage phone, and Peter Drink- Dinklage is, is dressed Peter as Drinklage, Wolf huh? Drinklage. That's... That's, that's, gonna my, be, that's
0: my St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> that's going to be his smart water line. <laughs> Drinklage.
2: Anyway, um, yeah, I have this phone cover that is by the awesome artist, Brandon Bird. <laughs> Little bottle, big taste. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and, and, anyway, anyway, so um, it's got Peter Dinklage on it, dressed as Wolverine, which couldn't be more prophetic. I mean, we know yeah. he's not going to be Wolverine,
0: obviously. No, you know it's prophetic. We, we thought he was going to be Puck, right? We yes. thought it was going to be Puck. And there's actual video interview I put into our story where I pitched the idea, using visual aids even, to <laughs> Hugh Jackman of Peter Dinklage's Puck for the Wolverine. And Jackman loved it. And you can see this on video in, the, in our story announcing Dinklage's casting. Well, lo and behold, Variety... If, if they're to be believed, <laughs> um, they're, they're, they're such a questionable. They're, they're yeah. such Hollywood outsiders. I know, you know, they're that little blog. Um, they're they're putting it out there that he's actually up for the role of the antagonist. Now there had been a lot of talk from Singer saying that he wants to explore the idea of doing like pretty much a all CG character in the movie. Um, this has got a lot of fanboys tongues wagging that maybe then Dinklage, you know, he's not playing. He could be playing somebody like anyone from Mr. Sinister to Bastion to Apocalypse to the Shadow King. There are a number of characters that could be CG characters, but they have to work within the framework of of X-Men Days of Future Past, which is a time travel story, Sentinels, mutants being basically... Hunted down and slaughtered.
1: Potentially, Kitty Pride tra- physically traveling in time. Yep,
0: I mean, of, I mean, they. We've got Ellen Page coming back. Yeah. Um, so, it's possible he could be just a, a, a human character. The maybe Bolivar Trask, the guy who created the Sentinels. Eric Goldman had a had an ins- the, the interesting observation he made earlier today. He said, "You know, I can just see Dinklage giving the speech of like once, you know, humans thought." To, somebody like me was the mutation but they're the you know that kind of like yeah. <laughs> self-righteous kind of speech but i honestly think that think? makes the
2: most sense you know to have him be that character um but i'm, I'm just why did
0: why did the the comic book movie gods have to continue to smote my yeah. <laughs> dreams of certain bald comic book characters yeah i got no hugo strange right and now no puck I'm lamenting now.
1: Wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, hold the phone, Jim, (laughs) because this was announced, by the way, you guys, this was announced as we got on the plane yesterday. And Jim says, I'm taking credit for this if this is Puck. And I'm like, sure you are. (laughs) And then I watched that video, and no, no, seriously, no joke. I feel like at the very minimum, an idea about Peter Dinklage could have been planted at that moment. I'm serious because stranger things have happened, you guys. You
0: could oh, see, no, no. I can see. Stranger it. things have happened, right, Jim? Yeah, I have actually gotten two actors' jobs. Uh, Hugo Weaving as Red Skull. Okay. He didn't know about it. I did the same thing there, planted it in his head, and he was doing press with Joe Johnson Why aren't you at the time. An agent? You'd be For making so I should much more be a money. casting director or an agent, and also <laughs> I got William Fickner, uh, the bad guy from Drive Angry. I got him uh, a job in Equilibrium. I was emailing with Kurt Wimmer at the time. And he had let me read the script and everything. And uh, I sent him a message. I'm like, yeah, you know, there's this actor. At that time, William Fechner was just sort of like that guy in mm-hmm. the background. I think the thing that most people at that time knew him from was probably from Heat, where he was the uh, yeah. the bank guy that De Niro kills. That's why he was cast And in, then he was um, in Black Hawk Down.
1: Well, he was also in The Dark Knight. Yep. Yeah, and they ca- he actually... Um, he he cast him as that character because he was referencing Heat. yeah, And it was kind of like a wink in the nod to the few people in the audience that would get the connection between oh, yeah. his character and Heat and that yeah. character. And well, I
0: remember I got an email back from Kurt Wimmer about uh, probably a month later and he's like, per your request, I've cast William Fichtner in my movie. I was like, holy shit! That's awesome. <laughs> Flash for 12 years, we finally get uh, William Fichtner uh, into the office for an interview and... I tell him the story and we completely hit it off. And he's like, I love Curdy. We, you know, Kurti, you know, we've done a few pictures together now, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I made that possible. Someday yeah. I will come to you with a favor. You'll and have you to be in something. You should Ruffle just show up Stiltskin. at w- William Fickner's next barbecue. No. <laughs> like, like, like
2: you belong. Like,
0: dude, where's my beer? You I can the...
2: just see Jim as like, a, a ca- like an agent or a <laughs> casting director. You know, like drinking Tums lattes. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> like Oh my guy, get the roll. You, oh my... you got the Bluetooth in, you're <laughs> You're making Whitey Bulger references to anybody who will <laughs> yeah. listen.
1: Jim is the Rumpelstiltskin of, of Hollywood. Just <laughs> holding out the favors, and one day they're all going to get cashed in, right. and that's oh. when it's all over. So <laughs> here's right. the thing. Okay, so Reidy is reporting that he's the villain, so probably it's not puck But we don't know, because sometimes they send out false repor- reports to trick us. Yeah. He Singer has said specifically, like, hey, we're going to be doing a lot of weird stuff in this movie and, like, playing with sci-fi tropes, and obviously there's time travel and things like that. You know, there's things that I want to hold back. We don't know if this is a false report. Although I will have to say this: if it was Pul- puck, it starts to it does start to get a little weird because it's like the past, the few fu- you, You're mixing a yeah, lot you're past of the a future. Canada, Canada, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Canada. You, you are it's throwing like, in it's, a, it's a supporting
0: character there from a
1: totally. I mean, yeah, he's dealt ha- unless with
0: unless he pops up in the Wolverine and it's not been announced, I doubt it.
1: I doubt it too. But you I know, mean,
0: Puck and Wolverine go back a ways. There, there, there's a way to tie yeah, them. Yeah, but that's but when it Wolverine seem like was in Canada.
1: Work. We don't talk about that. Yeah, you leave that.
0: <laughs> that's his. When he sired all past. those
2: French Canadian children.
1: <laughs> I
0: mean, <laughs> what, I, like I, Naomi I, Kyle. <laughs> That's oh, her, that's her real dad as Wolverine. <laughs> it's, it's <a> Wolverine. Wolverine.
2: <laughs> I, I'm sure she'd be really pleased if, <laughs> with, the, with, I would with that idea. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't. And well, I guess you can't pass adamantium down because it's just fused no. to your skeleton. But no. I just
1: do feel like that starts to get really confusing. So now we have to go. OK, why do you cast an actor that's as awesome as Peter Dinklage? unless yeah maybe because you are doing a i mean we know he's doing performance capture a performance capture character that you need an incredible character actor to portray but aren't
0: you robbing though like one of the the one of the the things about dinklage is frankly yeah he's a dwarf but he's the most captivating guy on screen yeah. your eye is drawn to this guy because he's, his expressions and his well, he voice... Well, huge presence, right? Yeah, like, I mean... In any scene. Like, it would make sense to... I, I feel like if you're just going to take that guy and then mask what makes him him in a CG character, gonna, I feel like you're going to lose something. Like, couldn't you just get a voiceover actor at that what
1: point? If, what, if, what if... And um, this is crazy, so prepare yourself for total insanity left-field thinking here. I mean, what if... And this is the, CG, the bell. What if the CG is used and he's and it's meant to cre- create a character, Peter Dinklage, playing and he's not a dwarf. Maybe that's the way the CG is being utilized. Well that just but seems that like a
0: waste of money to hire a, well, a, a six foot actor. Okay, I, then, fine. I think it might be just a little ring insulting. The
1: bell. Ring the bell. <laughs> <There we laughs> it was it is insulting. It is insulting potentially. But it's also, is it insulting so to be wait, the anti tiptoes? Wait, wait, listen to me for a <laughs> second. Listen to me for a second. <laughs> it is potentially insulting, I agree. But it's also potentially just saying this is a great actor and we have the technology to not, li- you know what I mean? To have He's him the six million
0: dollar dwarf? We you're, have the no. technology. You really? <laughs> we'll build them you're taller, making faster. me sound
1: like a horrible human being here. This is what I'm saying. Is like maybe there's a character like trust that he couldn't really. We we'd be like, why is Tras that he couldn't play otherwise, but now he can't. But I feel
0: like they they would probably go for. I. You're going to need an actor with, with to a spend. big Five. with a with a big ensemble cast like that. It is easy for the villain to get kind of like not. Really stand out in a way, yeah. And by getting somebody like a Dinklage who is so captivating, and you could do—I mean, there is obviously a physical and, and visual sort of um uh, thing there where you you have this dwarf and then these giant robots that he's created, you know, behind him. And it, I just—I feel like it, it, at the end of the day, he'll probably just be a guy in a suit, like yeah. in a suit and tie, not like a comic book suit. But um, I'll still dream that maybe he could be puck.
1: <laughs> I don't think he's going to be puck. I, <laughs> I don't I think, think he's puck anymore I mean, either.
0: I guess talked myself
2: out of that one. Yeah, I don't think he is either. So, but I mean, it's Why really early days. I mean, I know we're we're going to definitely have a feature about this on the site tomorrow. But it could be completely something we're not even discussing. It could be somebody that doesn't even exist in the universe That's that we true. don't even know about. But if he's the president? Could be the president. But I, I doubt it. I think you know he's going to be a villain. So I don't think they're going to cast the the villain, the president as a villain.
1: I, why not? I mean, why not? Well, uh, it's
0: a it's yeah. a it's a political assassination that sparks yeah. the events of of Days of Future Past. Um, you had a theory I about a theory. Uh, about playing what the what era leads to what kind of thing. Well, should, I mean, should we should we preface it with? what the 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 way it is in the book and then we'll get into your yeah, theory. yeah yeah okay so in the in the book
1: although my theories have already been discounted as as not only horrible <laughs> ethically but wrong <laughs> but it totally
2: i mean we're talking we're, we're talking about time travel so re- really you can kind of make anything plausible <laughs> because it's all implausible
0: um the, uh in the book it's in the future and and Kitty Pride from the future goes back into the past to warn them of mm-hmm. basically this crime will happen yeah
1: like she sends her consciousness back into her younger self yeah so like when she's 13 to warn them
0: yeah that basically something uh, uh this the assassination of this politician and in, in the comics it's Senator Kelly but he's already been killed off he was um Robert Kelly I mean it was uh in the Bruce Davison's character from the first two X Men, and remember he died and Mystique took his place, and yeah. blah blah. Um, so you know, that character in the comics gets assassinated, but that assassination sparks the rise of the, the creation of the Sentinels who then go out, hunt down, and slaughter mutants, right? And so, but this takes place over the course of decades, and so now you have older X Men, and so the older selves. And the younger selves are trying to basically stop this mutant apocalypse from happening.
1: Right. And she sends her consciousness back to say, we need to stop this from happening. And then an alternate timeline is created where the internment camps and the apocalyptic future does exist. And then there's the regular timeline where it doesn't because they've stopped it from happening. But this is the thing is like, obviously, they're already breaking away from that to some degree because they're not in the future going back to the x men that we know that are that have been cast again including kitty pride they're going all the way back to the 60s for the first class cast to like yeah. save the day so or, you know what i mean seemingly or they're 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 getting their help so seemingly the door is open to make a lot of different kinds of decisions. And why would you not have the creator of the Sentinels be a part of this equation and be a part of this storyline, especially when his daughter can time travel?
0: Okay, fill us in a little bit like, more on that because that's where I, I your mean, theory goes to shit. No, no. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> this
1: is where my theory kind of goes to shit because I'm like <laughs> thinking like, okay, this is the creator of the Sentinels. His daughter can time travel. Like, why wouldn't I try to utilize that a little bit to spark the story off or to make it somehow different? So my thing is like, what event sparked this apocalyptic future maybe it's a different thing that sparked it like maybe he had this technology and somehow put it in her hands and even though i mean he's against mutants she's a mutant you know whatever there, you'd have to be changing a lot of things from the comics right yeah but like put it in her hands and send her back to have the sentinels take out the x-men and the mutants before they can really fight back right now that's a total break in the entire story and it like totally recreates it and then like creates this apocalyptic future in which kitty pride now kitty pride wasn't born then in the first class days so she would have to either physically come back or send her consciousness into another body unless
0: unless the future isn't further ahead than say when x-men last stand ends you know what I mean? She
1: wasn't born then yet either, though.
0: No, she was. Kitty Pride was in She was in uh, two of the X-Men but movies. She was all a te- three, actually. But she
1: was a teenager. But right. that's what we're
0: talking that's about. That's right? what we're talking yeah. about is her as a teenager. Oh, what you're saying. Okay, so what when, I'm unless saying unless is the that the future isn't 30 years from now. It is now. But it is now. That's what I'm and saying. And that the events of maybe X-Men first class have somehow altered. That's what like, I'm... Yeah. Like, she what if Magneto's the one the that kills... She wasn't born the first class time. That's when right, right, out. right,
1: and that's where they're going back to. Like that's mean, that what would I'm make saying. sense,
0: yeah. Like, what if? Like the what future if, is now. What if it's tied to the assassination of JFK or Vietnam or something like I that? I don't know. I mean, because and th- that sparks off, you know, the 2013 that would be otherwise in the X Men movie timeline now has become in a much bleaker and and uh, um, just uh, where the mutants have have been decimated thus kind of wiping out the events of I guess the first few movies well yeah I mean
1: ultimately the thing is the my I mean seemingly just the whole and I think we know this like the future is now and the past instead of like in the book the future is in the future which was 2013 and then they went back to the past to like the 80s Like the future is now, and they're going back. And it is 2013. Yeah, you know what's convenient
2: about all this is, if the future does change, then we can have things like Phoenix coming back and Cyclops being alive
0: and 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 Professor X. Well, we know that Stewart and McKellen are back. Yeah. Yeah. So something,
1: something's radically different. I don't know. I mean, all of that might be bullshit, and I might just be.
0: No, but it, it it no, it makes sense. I mean, they they did work in like um like Stryker. They they had um basically like the proteus character kind of be his son in uh x-men 2 yeah so there is a precedent there of the bad guy and their child who has a mutation and the sort of the using of them um you know the the x-men movies have kind of had the the child in peril quality like whether yeah. it's rogue in the first movie and then you know i mean most uh, almost all the X-Men movies are, the, the kids are in X-Men 2, the kids are attacked and taken cap captive, uh, Wolverine even, remember? There was yeah. the whole thing, they had all the kids locked up in the camp. I mean, yeah. so it's, it does seem like they've been kind of building towards, you know, that kind of idea. Maybe they're, you know. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I mean, the, I'm just pulling all those together. And we've seen the Sentinels
0: already, right? I mean, they... They yeah. they were they, they were showing in X Men Three in silhouette and the, you had the uh, what is it the fastball special when Colossus throws Wolverine but it also like by doing that X Men First Class like the Star Trek reboot can cre- create that sort of alternate timeline like you were saying Chris where now doesn't mean the other movies didn't happen, but now we're in a different reality.
1: Yeah, maybe you do ultimately I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like with time travel you do kind of open the door to re, re changing things that have been established in the lore of the franchise in a in a really convenient way for maybe Brian Singer who wishes some of those characters were not killed. <laughs> you yeah know? Like, and although i
2: e the rest of the audience whoever watched <laughs> it ever <laughs> once.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean they thought that was gonna be the end of it I think so yeah, yeah. But they didn't realize that things could then go on forever. Well, right? cuz they yeah. were
0: supposed to be doing all these spin-offs, but you know, Wolverine made money, but it didn't exactly beget the Deadpool movie and yeah. it did. And because that de- because Wolverine X-Men Origins Wolverine was set in the 70s, it just added more screwy stuff to the continuity.
3: Yeah.
0: And you know, we see we see Charles Xavier get paralyzed at the end of First Class. But he's walking in X Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah. He gets he walks out of the helicopter.
2: Well it's just I hope this whole thing just erases
0: Origins Wolverine. It completely could. physically, like actually physically from like our real life, yeah, from my yeah. real memory. <laughs> it it's become one of the famous lost films, you know, yeah, like a Lon Chaney movie or something.
1: Anyway, who's I mean, like I've been I've been rec- I've been talking to Joey and and Eric about this for sure because they have some great great theories and, yeah. and ideas and and well, and there's we know all that singers talked to
0: James Cameron too, who yeah. who about the obviously spectrum. has. Performance days. capture and also just the, the science three. and the sort of the all the the time travel stuff that Terminator, which he has said he's using as sort of a template for how to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember: did Terminator come up before or after Days of Future Past?
1: The original? Oh, you mean the yeah the, the 1984 movie? I the movie I, I and would the think book. Th- you're talking about the book? The
0: though? book? Oh, the X-Men. The comic you're talking the about. The Days Comics. of Yeah, Days of Future Past and Terminator movie from 1984, the first one. Oh, I Which don't one know. came first? I, I I think probably Terminator.
1: I I don't know. Yeah. Do you know?
0: It, it, but it's around this they were around the, uh, yeah. a similar ballpark of time. But uh one other X-Men uh tip uh the buzz is that the Wolverine trailer is coming out late March. May or may not be tied to the release of G.I. Joe uh, Retaliation on March 29th, but we'll finally get a look at um, the Wolverine uh, then. Uh, that's a standalone and movie. And we'll find that out that Peter Dick
1: Lynch is in it as fuck.
0: You know what? I would, I would so love that. He won't be. Um, yeah, you won't. It's not gonna be. happen. Dude. All right, stop pissing on my dreams. No, it might, it might, it might.
1: <laughs> Either way, honestly, like I cannot say what a fan of Peter Dinklage I am, and sure and obviously, can. like Tyrion is the world's biggest pimp. I. That's right. Whatever they do, whatever CGI they do, he's gonna blow it out. I want to
0: see him play arcade. Remember the dude in like the white tuxedo who basically had giant. Game death trap things that he put the X Men in, he would rock his arcade. But it why, would make no sense in Days of Future Pass, <laughs> but it would be a great like standalone thing. Like if they were <laughs> gonna do just like villain of the movie kind of thing. Why Peter Dinklich's arcade.
1: Why does it make to, any sense to do any villain anyway? I don't know.
0: Well, I, Days I, of I, Future Past came out in 1981.
1: Sweet, so oh, before Terminator. Nice,
0: yeah. Because I remember, you know, I read it as a kid and and all that. So that's interesting. I'm gonna try and dig up some uh, reader email here. Uh, while we're doing that, I'm gonna tell you guys a little bit about uh, Stanley Tucci says that Haley Atwell, uh, he had dinner with her this week, and he said that um, she is going to be appearing in a flashback in Captain America: uh, The Winter Soldier. Uh, reprising her role as Peggy Carter so you know is it just Cap flashing back to uh, what could have been uh, or does he go and uh, see her as an elderly person or
1: I feel like probably she's also been frozen but just like Walt Disney style like it's just her head
2: waiting for a cure I think it's going to be a pure flashback and in fact I think some of that movie has to be flashback just to tie up some loose ends so um, I don't necessarily think that he's going to have a scene with her I think it might be uh, you know Winter Soldier Time and those two meet up because Winter Soldier Time yeah do we see like Bucky uh, tapping Peggy Carter? is that it no no, that's not what I'm saying but you, you would think that if they're both really good friends of him that they would meet and talk about yeah. the events, and I could see that being a part of this
3: plot.
1: I feel like, because what they said initially was like, do you remember there was like that whole sequence that was like, war montage, shit's happening. Yeah. Like they, like, I, I feel like I had a conversation with, with Joe Johnston. I know I did, in fact, where he was, in fact, I remember that I did, and where he was saying basically they were held back like, that whole montage was like, could be its own movie, you know, like this is like yeah. what, what Cap and Bucky were doing. So I feel like some of the flashbacks are going to fill in what his role um, with, with him was or like what he was doing or like how he, I mean, there have to be flashbacks to, to, to kind of like illustrate how the winter soldier became the winter soldier in the first place. How
0: he is alive. How well, they're, he, they're, how he's alive. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean in the in the comics there's there is a kind of uh protracted um sequence uh, showing he is brought in and out of cold storage really to uh he's he's brainwashed everything and uh cold storage. Yeah. No, he is. He's <laughs> now he's, I know. he's he's put in like suspended animation brought Out every few years for an assassination. So, that way they can't ever find this guy who is killing all these people. Yeah. Like, even if he spotted, like, who is this guy? He never ages, blah, blah, blah.
1: But even, even, like, my understanding is that, like, even before that, um, with, like, he did what Captain America couldn't bring himself to do. Like, well, he, he was had there to wrong. do all the, the dirty, the dirty work. work.
0: Cap was meant to be the symbol. Yeah. And that's a relatively recent, I think, Drew Baker, um, Created that in in his run in the comics it's because Bucky was just basically Cap's uh, Robin, oh. you know. Yeah, in the old. Books. It's
2: because Bucky sucked. Let's just be honest. He that had, made Bucky cool. He
0: was he was so
2: lame in early Captain America comics. I'm sorry if I offended. He, he, he was Captain just there America to be
0: fans. you know the 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 child's kind of. Uh, yeah, he um, was
2: he was Robin, but lamer. You know, yeah. like that he so like. Who, you know, whoever brought, and I think it was Brubaker, actually, whoever did the Winter Soldier thing did him a huge service because <laughs> it yeah. made that character way cooler and it, maybe not as moralistic what, as he used what, to be. But. What, I,
0: I don't mean to keep playing what came first, but did the return of Bucky predate the return of Jason Todd and Batman? Because there was a spell of bringing back how, the dead how sidekicks. You,
1: how do you possibly expect us to have that at the ready, Jim? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like let's
0: let's segue to a reader email about Captain you know, America.
1: In, in truth, though, one of those two dudes might have that information at the ready, Joey They, they might, but might. Sure, they
0: would. Next time, next time they can. Uh, they can. We'll we'll ask them ahead of time. And, and, and <laughs> we'll have some answers, so we look wicked smart. Wicked All right. Not. So, uh, reader email from Robert Getz. Uh, good old Robert Getz, one of our our regulars. Um, He asks, do you think Captain America, the Winter Soldier, uh, can also serve as the S.H.I.E.L.D. movie, given Cap is now working with them, most of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s agents and Nick Fury are in it? Is it possible that this could be killing two birds with one stone, along with the S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show, without taking the risk of a solo S.H.I.E.L.D. movie?
1: Wait, 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 wait. He's basically
0: saying, like... is a Captain America sequel basically a S.H.I.E.L.D. movie in disguise And so many oh, S.H.I.E.L.D. Not, okay. agents, like, we know Black Widow yeah. is in there, uh, Sharon Carter probably, Nick Fury is in there, Cap does work for S.H.I.E.L.D. now, Falcon is in there. Right. I mean, is it basically... Are they using Captain America as sort of the the, 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 the straw for... You Everything, know, <laughs> yeah. Everything
2: has been a S.H.I.E.L.D. movie since they started setting up Coulson and all yeah. that stuff. You know, I mean, it is the underlying fabric that holds the Avengers together, that holds all those movies kind of together in terms of, like, joining them up. So, for sure, that's going to be an element. I think the series itself is the standalone thing where we're yeah. going to get a true look at, like day-to-day shield um, but yeah i think i think all of these movies are shield movies at the, at the base which is interesting because you know sort of like thinking about superhero movies when i was a kid i never thought it would ever get to a level where it was on that detail or people would even ever try to get shield involved in movies i was always like oh it's just it's about these iconic heroes Um, But it's smart because it gives you a way to easily tie people together. Yeah,
1: what they've done, the entirety of what they've done is smart in terms of tying it together and allowing them to stand on their own. I mean, basically, Marvel has found a way to do, literally, like, do kind of a comic book format as movies in the sense of, like, you can spin off, you can do all these different... It's kind of insanely genius i know star wars is gonna yeah. try to do the same thing. well you know who
0: can't seem to do any of that it's warner who? brothers yeah dc <laughs> uh oh, let's let's a talk a little bit about uh what's going on over there last last week there was a report that uh uh the script for the jla movie has been shelved because it just wasn't good uh it's from the guy who wrote gangster squad and frankly i thought the script of, of that movie left a lot to be desired um i i don't mean it sound mean but i just it, it didn't it didn't give me confidence that jla could come together since i thought characterization characterizations were the weakest part of gangster squad so that the report says that jla the script is being shelved so they're kind of back to the drawing board on that and other reports are saying that uh, and again this is all speculation and rumors so we don't know for sure but that maybe a man of steel trilogy could come first and then we'll get a Batman reboot a little later than expected, maybe not until 2019. At this point, just start mimicking what Marvel's doing. If you're that confused, yeah. just
2: say, okay, we're going to launch a ba- uh, a Superman movie. Then we're going to launch a Batman movie with a new Batman and a new sort of you know Reality, feel to yeah. it. Then we're going to relaunch Green Lantern. After all that's complete, or maybe Wonder Woman, whoever, after that's complete, then we have a JLA movie. Because... They're doing this all
1: wrong all backwards they're now they're doing it all wrong they don't get and I think that I think that it's a two-fold problem like, I think they're probably trying to distinguish themselves out from Marvel for one thing and but, but why w- do it but why when that's so <laughs> successful and my thing is like even if you want to and I, I do agree that what they need to do and it's going to be an odd switch because you know traditionally other than Batman DC is thought of like as the goody two-shoes um, kind of characters and things like that but if they're smart what they really want to do and what they seem to be doing is like the way you distinguish yourself distinguish yourself out from marvel right now is in tone make your films the darker grittier tone
2: we were do talking that. about this a couple weeks ago in that it's super ironic if they do go that way with jla because it makes them actually do a watchman movie yeah. which they've already done <laughs> yeah so yeah, yeah. It,
1: it is but i mean to me it's like what else? What else can they do at this point? You know what I mean. In order to really compete, I think, I think, I think it could I be cheery
2: with the. Uh, I mean, like I, not cheery, but like actiony. And, yeah, I think
0: I think you try to to. If there's anything you want to capture from the Avengers, it's the tone. Um, the the chemistry between the characters is going to be different just by virtue of somebody as stone cold serious as Batman being <laughs> in the mix. Just
2: by virtue of the fact that the characters in Marvel are better.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that. I think that. Uh, words. You know, the, here's the thing there's an That's institutional true. problem at Warner Brothers. This isn't like the current regime can't figure it out. This shit goes back almost 20 years. This goes back to the, the Shoemaker era of the Batman movies. We had Catwoman, we had Steel, you know, Green Lantern. Nolan is the anomaly and all that. Yeah. They finally had one really bright person that had enough confidence and intelligence that they were like, okay, we trust you. You just run with it. He had the, the right fact that character, he made... though, too. He, had the... he, he was the yeah, right he fit. Got with that. he got Batman. He got Batman. I mean,
1: frankly, like, Batman is... Batman is Batman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he had Batman, and he was the right person to do it, and that was the right way to do it at that time. I mean, yeah. it was just, like, kind of a perfect storm.
0: And I, I think Man of Steel, just by virtue of having aliens and a guy flying... It's already more comic booky, As realistic as it wants to be, it's already more in line with what you could do with a JLA movie.
2: Yeah.
1: And you but can tell that like
2: that tone is different exactly, than...
1: Exactly. Boom.
2: Than, it is different than <laughs> Marvel already. Point J-Row. If, 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 <laughs> if that's where you're
0: going to take it. you know, That's exactly it. Well, yeah, Robert, Ro- Robert Get I'm sorry to oh, cut you off. Robert Getz has another uh, uh, question, and he, he, oh, he gave us a very long oh, email. Oh, gobbles. So... so uh, Getzy, I'm only going to be able to... uh Getzy. The great Getzy. Uh, I'm only going to be able to to kind of take a part of this question because you gave me a novella here. But um, basically, he was asking about, you know, there were rumors a few weeks back that Jimmy Olsen uh, may have been changed to a female character. He calls her Rebecca Olsen, but I believe it was Jenny Olsen instead of Jimmy Olsen. Jenny! Um, uh, he, he has some thoughts on that. What if... Clark Kent's not even working at the Daily Planet in this movie, and this is really just about uh, Clark Kent uh, kind of, you know, becoming Superman, and he's not even the mild-mannered reporter yet. Jenny Olsen oh reporter at large Are you doing a Forrest Gump or just sort no. of like No 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 no, no, girly no, no man no, voice no, no
2: no I
1: took it as Forrest Gump that's no, why I No was I wasn't right.
2: uh, <laughs> No I wasn't doing Jenny, Jenny, Jenny Olsen Jenny Olsen no, no no I wanted to be Jenny Olsen I was Olsen. Lying.
3: Oh
2: Jenny Olsen I'm
1: buying Jenny Okay <laughs> oh, oh man
2: what if Forrest Gump was Superman <laughs> no. No, let's not discuss that. Uh, but he What's basically the actual
0: question. The the <laughs> yeah. question uh, was basically what if what if we never see Clark Kent as you know mild mannered reporter at the Daily Planet oh, I don't in this think movie? We're going to. I,
2: I I hope not. You don't think so? I mean, I mean, we, we've never we see seen him on a fishing of,
0: vessel. We've never seen him with glasses, or nope. get any sense that Superman has any other personality puts on than what you what you see right there. Yeah. I think he tries to hide.
2: In his Clark Kent identity by like running away to Alaska, whatever yeah. par- that part of the movie is, um, but I think once I think once he's publicly outed, he might not have
0: to have that that alternate yeah. identity. But that robs Superman of something. I mean, it, it it's does. like that whole Tarantino speech from Kill Bill about you know Clark Kent is the relatable part of Superman yeah. for everyone. He is the audience hook, you know, and Christopher Reeve really is the one to and, and the filmmakers are the first superman movie in the 70s they're really the ones to thank for that because in the books and the old tv series he was the same guy just with glasses but christopher reeve created a whole other persona with, of what this guy was that is stuck now with how he's kind of portrayed you expect that very different two different people
2: yeah, yeah, I don't know if Henry Cavill could do w- that. Can hide behind glasses? I don't
1: think he can. And I and I have not to be with honest, a mug like I that. Feel like that I conceit, <laughs> He's a I hot feel, guy. I feel like that conceit today will not work because audiences are just really gonna quickly and think about even young audiences. You know, if you think about fourteen-year-old boys and girls that are gonna be going to see this movie. Lol,
0: I see you, Clark Kent. <laughs> exactly. Well, that was one of the. Uh, I thought one of the cute bits in Superman Returns is when the kid is like. You know, he's having like his breathalyzer moment or whatever, and yeah. he's pointing. and He's like, Why, "How come guy. can't anybody, anybody notice that?" You know. But the
1: problem is, like the I just feel like today's inhaler, audience breathalyzer,
0: is... breathalyzer. Yeah. It, he's ten too, years old. Pullover for drunk driving. It,
1: it's too. It's too much to ask people to buy that a pair of glasses and a different voice is going to mask that this is the same guy. Same being.
0: with Green Lantern, by the way. You know. Oh, I got something <laughs> over my eyes. You know, it's
1: <laughs> just it's like but
0: I they. Christopher I, Reeve did find a way to kind of like between the voice and his body like it, it it worked enough that you could see like and because Lois never paid attention to Clark. She was if you look back at the old movie, she hardly ever really looks at him. Yeah. She's always distracted or like She's really he's like busy. a non entity. Yeah. You know, She's working
1: her. hard for her money. She's yeah. a female journalist. By the way, guys, that's what it's <laughs> like in our office. Just papers flying everywhere.
2: That's people right. f- people on phones. Am I like am I like Perry White? You're you like know? Perry White. <laughs> <But> <laughs> you
0: know? You're okay. like Barry White. <laughs> I'm like I want the cigar and I wanna you know, I wanna make that speech walking around all the people like like, Who's his favorite ball team? Kent, in a, Kent? you know. <laughs> uh,
1: that, I mean, honestly, if Lois Lane was like really, really, really potty mouthed, I'm her. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I feel like they've. They've made it very clear that their plan is to go in a in a extremely in a very different direction in terms of the tone that they want to deal with the fact that like hey look if this dude was discovered it would be the biggest thing that ever happened on this planet he's an alien yeah. and they want to explore that and I feel like Lois Lane obviously is in it so she she plays into it so they yeah. know each other but it's cra- I just don't see Henry Cavill putting on a pair of glasses and a little voice and and being Clark Kent in the way that we know him. Yeah. From Christopher Reeve. We'll see. Yeah.
2: I mean, it, I
1: think we'll
0: see more of that movie very soon. So, like yeah. when
1: it's released. <sighs>
0: <sighs> <laughs> well, let's on on another tip here. Um, there are some rumors that could Venom be in The Amazing Spider-Man Two. Uh, I don't know. We didn't talk about that in the last podcast, did we? Venom. Venom. No. No? no. All right. So there. Uh, you know, the director has been tweeting out photos from the set. One of them was of this locker. And the number and the look of the locker is like this scene in the um, uh, in the ultimate Spider-Man comics that ties in with Venom and Peter Parker being, you know, Eddie Brock and Peter Parker being buddies. No. Well, now we know that <laughs> that's Vader. <laughs> no, I just don't want Venom in this movie. It would well, be so messy. It, it could work in that you would make it instead of Harry Osborn becoming the Goblin, he becomes Venom. Because it ties in with stuff in, in in the ultimate run, I guess of of what Oscor was doing, and and you know it's not an alien symbiote, but blah blah blah. There's just already too many too like many things going on in that we've movie. We've got Electro, we've got Rhino. It's
1: too much, and this is the mistake that every single franchise has made. That I mean, look, X Men is a different thing, and and Brian Singer, like I love it's the a first team two movie. X-Men, so you're, you you know, but it's a team movie. You know that going in. You're that's what you're there for. Um, so
0: suck on that Iceman suck it Iceman (laughs) I
1: like Iceman he's very nice Um, (laughs) Shawnee baby Shawnee as I call him Um, like I I just feel like though every other franchise they've made that mistake of like no that two were good let's have 20 and it fragments the story and it's chaos and it's a mess and it makes for a far weaker film and why that lesson hasn't been learned yet I don't know. The one
2: exception Action being figures. Batman and Robin. I mean, that movie was successful in every level. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I don't know. I mean, Venom. Uh, Venom to me is like what Bane was to DC, where it's like he had a really bad uh, interpretation in a in a later sequel, but he's a, an incredibly popular character with a younger generation of of uh, readers and viewers. Um, so you know that's kind of like you know they they tried to redeem that redeem bane with dark knight rises um so maybe they're trying to do a similar thing with with venom here i don't i don't know i think there's a cool venom story out there but there is probably not, not
2: also now. including not rhino and electro yeah. and it's
1: already too much it's yeah. already like i i just feel like at that point as an audience member i'm like oh good i get to see a 2 hour toy commercial you know, really, <laughs> Very much. and I yeah. and I feel like you're not taking <clears throat> your story seriously. So why should I? Yeah,
0: I you mean, know? and also we have to. We're we're juggling the uh, MJ and Gwen Stacy stuff, yeah. and then. Obviously, anybody knows the comics, the death of Gwen Stacy. If that plays out mm. in this film,
1: I hope not. Yeah, Spoiler
0: I hope alert, by the way, guys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> FYI, yeah. if you don't know. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know this 50-year-old really open dies. secret, yeah. <laughs> also, Bruce Wayne's parents—they buy it.
1: Just, just smile, so you know, real early And <laughs> <In> Krypton.
0: Boom. <laughs> Goodbye, Jarrell. And we boom, all know it was Giral. Jack Napier who did <laughs> it. Although we did pitch <laughs> the
1: alternate timeline where. <laughs> where, <laughs> where where, Jarrell lives on.
0: Well, you know, they could do like that. What were the, in the comics, they had like the little mini Kryptonians that lived in the bottle. And it was like a little lost city. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. That, that could be cute. That's <laughs> Who would have thought that's like, Nolan's like, let's just lighten it up. Let's just have some fun. Oh, come on. <laughs> let's let's play whimsical. with it. It's, let's do the sea monkeys version. Yeah. <laughs> um, Star Wars, because we don't talk about that enough. Uh, Ewan McGregor says he's keen on reprising the role of Obi-Wan Kenobi in whatever fashion they, they come up with. Uh, meanwhile, I was fortunate enough to go to an event at Final Draft uh, recently, and I get uh, a chance to talk with Lawrence Kazdan and Simon uh, Kimberg, who are consultants on Episode 7, and they're also working on the spinoff films. And while, obviously, they didn't spill any beans on who the characters were, they were very coy about the idea of uh, whether or not the, the spinoff films will feature returning characters or brand new characters. You know um, when
2: they're consultants on Episode 7, though, and they're doing spinoff movies, that yeah. there's a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I mean, what? Uh, first of all, check out the interview uh, at IGN Movies. It's... a uh, it was good that, to, to, you know, Kimberg is a huge fan of Kazan's. Kazan was uh, receiving an award, and all these other screenwriters showed up to, to kind of feed him. Um, is it feet? Fet? Fet fat. would be good. Because, like, they Boba Fetted him. Boba Fetted him? <laughs> um, but anyway, so, you know, it, he was a fan. He said one of the reasons why he became a screenwriter was because of the movies that Kazan did. Like, Raiders and Empire and Silverado and things like that. Mm,
1: Silverado.
0: Um, we don't talk about that enough.
1: We really don't.
0: It's but great. You know, it's, uh, you know, so there's, uh, let me, let me ask you in a, in a broader sense, are we in sort of uh, a Star Wars overload situation? Uh, at the moment
1: saturation point. saturation
0: point it's like have people already start to lose started to kind of lose There's interest
2: too little information and too much speculation and too many rumors and not enough hard facts and so i think it's the same position we were in with dark knight a few years ago where uh, dark knight rises yeah. where we were like oh my god i can't wait i can't wait oh now we got to talk about this for three years <coughs> you know yep. and like you're not going to hear enough to keep you satisfied so that whole time who do
0: you think is going to be my professor hugo strange on this one probably jackson the green rabbit well jackson should
2: never be in any i'm telling you man again. get
0: him a, get him his uh, his spinoff movie oh, yeah God. i mean
1: I, I think you're right like i think obviously the the, the fervor <laughs> the fervor will be will be back in place Ones who are closer. You know what I'm kind of curious about is how many people start picking up books again and picking up like in the wait for the films. Start like reinvestigating some of the other ancillary work. You know. Well, around, yeah, I think around the around expanded universe. universe
0: could, yeah, even if it doesn't play a role in in the films, I think people are going to be like, well, I, you know,
1: I, I, the, because honestly, that's on my to do. Like, yeah, yeah it me, is on mine you know, too. I
0: got to admit, I, I'm not that familiar with. A lot of the famous you know um expanded universe storylines yeah, yeah me either. Uh, i'm 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 willing to to learn i want to um uh i frankly i would like a whole new host of star wars characters to follow i love this skywalker stuff but i only want to see that story if they go forward it, there's not going to be there's going to be a decided lack of suspense if we're going back and just doing the adventures of Han Solo and Boba Fett, when we know the fates of those characters, you know they're never going to die. It's like the prequels again where, all right, I'm just biding time, waiting for them to go into the lava because I know that's how it ends up. Well, yeah, the prequels have kind of
2: yielded Clone Wars, though, which has kind of given you new Star Wars characters to actually cheer for. Now to see them live action and kicking ass and being awesome, that would be very, very cool. So I I agree with you, and and, Roth as well, I think – it's going to be an interesting sort of balancing act because it's the moment you bring like Thrawn into it. If you even do that, it's like now, now you're beholden to that whole series of expectations, you know, um, at least expectations. I'm not saying that people are, you know, you should make it on those terms, but the, the moment that you start moving into that realm, I think people are going to have this idea of what, they're in for and and I almost think they should just break from it all I do too and yeah. say well, let's make totally new movies in this universe
1: I do too I mean honestly I don't think it should be beholden to anything really I mean of course there's some level that we have to be we need that those threads of attachment to, to the characters and the universe I want to see a, an
0: all Gamorrean guard movie. <laughs> but I, I do think that <laughs> the keeper. the idea that you can just
1: go off and sort sort of investigate Brand new things and brand new themes and brand new stories is exciting because the world of it is cool. It's yeah. space. Well, it's like Star <laughs> Trek though too like... in that
0: regard. Where one of my issues with with the Star Trek reboot, uh, not, with the with the whole new rebooted universe now, and and if it turns out Cumberbatch is indeed playing somebody like Khan, is that okay? You're retreading old ground again. We, we, we the first movie I got why we had to go over some older things because you were setting up a new timeline, so hence Leonard Nimoy shows up, yada, yada, yada. At least the villain was new. Right. But something like Star Trek Into Darkness, if that is indeed con and and uh, if if this was a, um, an actual mistake, uh, uh, like an actual revelation by accident on their part, but Entertainment Weekly, you know, when you go to their back issues page – Well, the cover stories uh, of this week were um, Star Trek Into Darkness, and one of the covers is Cumberbatch and Chris Pine. And when you go to the back issue page, it says Khan and Kirk.
3: Mm. Mm. Now,
0: was this just an intern who screwed up, who made an assumption, or did they actually know something that got out? I don't
1: think an intern is getting anywhere near the covers of that magazine. (laughs) Well,
0: no, on the website, though.
1: Even online. Mm, I mean,
0: I don't know. I, I could see that happening. Yeah, really? I could I could see it happening. But, I mean, let's say he is gone. The fact that you're now kind of retreading old ground instead of going off exploring new worlds and new civilizations, which is the <coughs> point, was the point of the show.
1: You guys wouldn't let an intern do it, the covers? You wouldn't?
0: You're, no, but what? Would he, I, he, would it, it's, no, but it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. It's not the covers. It, it's the back or back yeah, issue oh, order it's page. like how you display uh, it on oh, the website. It, got it, got yeah, it, and, it, and, and like we would he would definitely not let an intern. Miss, do that. He captioned it. it. Yeah, it, <laughs> what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. The actual yeah. cover just says Chris Pine and Benedict Cumberbatch. I think
2: um, it's it's this weird balance, and it happens with everything that has been a long running franchise in which. You're trying to please fans and you're trying to tell your own story. But a lot of times I think people get into that mold of I need to I need to do everything I can to make this relatable to the audience that cares the most about it while making it relatable to the mass audience. For me, I think scrap that stuff. Like if you if you make Star War or Star Trek movies or Star Wars movies or whatever, and you're not like necessarily drawing heavily on the past, you're fine. You're free to do that. Um, but I think people feel real pressure to bring some of these old things back. Yeah. But you know, in, as far as I'm concerned, and this might be a personal preference thing, I sure I want to see Klingons, but I don't need to see Christopher Lloyd's character from Star Trek Three. You know, I, I, Khan to me is like. Uh, yeah, I mean, that'd be cool to see on screen, but wasn't it done ultimately in two? Like, yeah, the best why do we need impossible. him again? You know, like. Yeah. Um,
0: uh,
1: I don't. I mean, honestly, like, do you think it is? I don't. I really Do I think what is that? It's Khan. That I, Rosh- I think he. I well, think Khan will
0: somehow yeah. play in there, but there's a character I can get really nerdy here for a minute. But there, there's a for, character. I think
1: we've been doing that for like 46 <laughs> yeah. minutes. Uh, there There's a
0: character. Um, who is uh, I, th- I think his name is Philip Green or William Green? He was a uh, like a mercenary, is a British uh, um, mercenary or something, um, according to to Trek lore. Even though the guy was played by an American, he was described as British in some write up. But anyways, he was essentially a, a supremacist and was from the same time as Khan, and and sort of uh, has some sort of tie to Khan as well as to a character that Peter Weller played on one of the later TV series, and Peter Weller is in Star Trek Into Darkness. I mean, maybe he's not the same character, yada, 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 but it's, it's possible that maybe he's a character like that who is somehow trying to bring Khan back. But um, let, let me back. let me uh, throw out a few news items here. We don't necessarily have to talk about them, but I at least want the, the audience to know. Uh, spy hunter movie moving forward at Warner Brothers. Ruben Fleischer, director of Gangster Squad, is now set to direct. They hired a guy named Carter Blanchard to script it. So, uh, they're we're getting that uh, racing game to film off the ground. The same time as Need for Speed is is uh, gearing up. Uh, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> Finding Nemo too. They've got Albert Brooks coming back as the voice of the dad, Marlin. Um, Night at the Museum Three—that's that's happening whether you want it or Any not. Who gives Do a crap? Category. It's coming to. out next Christmas, 2014. Ben Stiller and director Sean yeah. Levy back. That movie, by the way, is not for us. So. No, not <laughs> no, at all. does not matter. And then, uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas—the uh. Uh, il- Illumination, who made Despicable Me and The Lorax—I uh, guess the Seuss Estate are pretty happy with the way The Lorax turned out, which. I don't know. <laughs> um
1: <Of course. laughs> they made a lot of money though. yeah it made but a lot of money. It made a lot of.
0: but they're gonna do a CG animated um, uh, version of the Grinch. So we're getting yet another Grinch movie. Yeah, I mean okay. CG Grinch to me is better than
2: yeah. Jim Carrey Grinch. You know, it's Although like a that different was kind of an interesting makeup job they did on him. Yeah, I thought, the <laughs> but it was a was bad good. movie. The bad makeup movie. was good for all everything in that movie, but uh... yeah,
0: the
1: Grinch is a cool character. Honestly, I mean, I, I like the Grinch. But I hated what I I, did. I was not. I should I should meant. Is he the Venom
0: not... of the Doctor Seuss universe? I
1: I was not no. a huge fan of the Lorax, even though it made a ton. The movie? Hit.
0: No.
2: I thought it was um I thought it was just not. Uh, fun. No. You know, like it was,
0: it was really sort of messagey, and... Uh, I knew a lot of parents that didn't appreciate that. Like they wanted to take their kid and just enjoy the movie and they felt like they were getting lectured to. Yeah, I mean, I,
2: it, it wasn't so, it wasn't so much that I was like, oh my God, I can't handle this movie. But it just didn't, it just not have that sense of play that something like Despicable Me But your five-year-old and... yeah. did come out
0: and join the Communist Party. I Which Do nice. I have a
1: five-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: yeah.
0: I don't know. Which I think is a
1: good thing. I, I honestly have no problem actually with the message that it was trying to... Relay. I just don't think it needed to use a hammer. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. All. it to use a rubber hammer. A rubber hammer, and then it bounced and hit somebody in the Ray. head. And it was funny.
0: <laughs> um, some other uh, some other uh, franchise news: the Mummy reboot that Universal has been developing. They now have two competing <laughs> two competing scripts. Uh, Joe Spates, who did Prometheus, is writing one, and now it was reported today wait, by Vulture wait, 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 that Billy skip. Ray is writing a competing Cyrus? one. Be clear, nope.
1: Joe, 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 because I know him, he did the script of Prometheus that Lindelof Linda up re- redid. So, yeah. So but what he has no saw... problem
0: with saying uh, Prometheus, though, when when he needs to get war. Why
1: not? So he I... actually
0: wrote the one that was more like an alien prequel. Exactly. It was m- exactly. Much more alien. Which alien. maybe
1: would have been, I don't maybe don't know. It been yeah. amazing. But my point with that is like for anybody out there that's like Prometheus, he didn't write what you saw, whether yeah. whether you like it or not. that's not what he wrote um
0: but again this sounds like one of those things where um and they did this with the x-men movies uh marvel has done this with several things let's just write two different things at the same time and we'll just stitch together parts that we like but we have a release date to make
2: i read a really early script of first class and i think i said this in podcasts before like it felt like it could go either way. Actually, I feel like through a direction that script was brought to life really well, but uh, I thought the script itself was kind of, huh, you know, yeah. if if Ratner had made that script, I think it would have been more like uh, excellent awesome. 3 yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so or just Ratner. a steaming pile of crap. I mean, he, and I, you know, I don't think we rip on Ratner a lot, but I, I don't he's think he's made good movies. Which ones?
1: What are we talking about? <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, he made a good movie.
0: Which one? What are we talking about? <laughs> Brett Ratner. Are you talking about I Rush Hour 1? Yeah, Rush you... Hour 1. Okay. okay. All right. That's, no, no, he, he made a good pretty, movie. That's <laughs> a pretty thin thread. That's, that's you know what a, that's like? That's like in Raiders a... Lost Ark when at the beginning and he's trying to grab that weed <laughs> yeah, that keeps coming uh, out of the side of the wall.
1: That's reaching there.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, wow. no, no, no. But like, it's not like he's incapable
2: of making a good movie. I, I'm just saying. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess when we'll in doubt, just ring the bell. I guess we'll just get back to unabashed Brett Ratner <laughs> ripping.
0: Uh, there's actually a, a, a Fast and Furious Seven rumor going around that but, it exists. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that might be one of the few series that's actually gotten better with each installment. I can't think of I a lot. I don't know of if th- with each installment.
1: <laughs> with, with well, with I the... you
0: know what I've liked the last few of them more than i liked the first two honestly i didn't i wasn't a big fan of i
2: liked the Fast first and furious i like the
0: first one a lot and then i thought i liked the second one
2: a little bit less and then i liked the third one a little bit more than two but less than one this is a
3: whole crap
2: well this is as convoluted as <laughs> the actual yeah. movie is but then you're right i think after that for i think it was uh, really
0: justin lynn who's got the you know the been able to sort of maintain. Uh, give the, those films an identity beyond just looking like a music video. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know what, I'm going to back out of this Fast 7 rumor because it might be a little too spoilery for Fast 6. So, sorry I brought that up. Let's talk about Die Hard. But we <laughs> got to mind. talk about Justin Lin. <laughs> High five, <Yeah>. Justin Lin. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Die Hard because uh, we're going to segue into what's opening up this weekend, which is A Good Day to Die Hard. It's also going opening
1: to make up, $1 trillion. <laughs> also
0: opening up Safe Haven and Beautiful Creatures, and Escape from Planet Earth. Now, let's but let's talk about the Die Hard um, franchise in general a little bit. The movie is now playing, so I'm, I'm sure by the time you guys listen to this podcast, maybe you'll have even have, have seen it. It's made, uh, I think, about 840000 just from midnight showings alone. Um, the Die Hard franchise seems like it's, that's, a, to me, a franchise with diminishing returns each one getting more comic yeah. booky, and him more and more like a superhero. And I'm not, a, a lot of people are saying this, so this isn't like some novel idea, but I got to say, I've, I've seen the new Die Hard movie. Um, I wasn't nuts about it. I thought it had fun moments, like this big Moscow car chase thing is fun and it's exactly what you would think it would be. But there is no reason for John McClane to be in this movie. Yippee-ki-yay. Like right he is friend. not, he is not, he doesn't drive the plot. He There's no arc to him. He is basically unfazed by everything. Um, it, it That is not the John McClane that I have known from the first three movies and a little bit of the fourth movie, but I think with the fourth one and the fifth one, um, he is basically this implacable sort of... Uh, superhero now. And I liked
2: just, the. I actually liked the last movie. I, I
0: thought it was fun. It was more fun than this one, but it, it's definitely like with each movie, it's become less and less grounded in the human element that made the the first one and the and to a le- much lesser degree, but the the second one work.
1: What else and, and the question though is like what else do you do with that character? Because if you look at Die Hard as what it was meant to be, which was just that film, right? Like that action film. And they wanted a character, especially at that time, I think this was more prevalent, that was like because you had Harrison Ford humanizing heroes and things like that. And the Die Hard's obviously later. Um but I feel like John McLean was a guy like he obviously yeah. was a guy that could handle a situation a in a way he, he yeah was. I'm gonna kill you. I swear <laughs> I you he was he was the first time we meet him he's afraid
0: of flying he's gonna yeah, shoot he's he's
1: he's balling vulnerable. up his feet now his he wife is, is leaving him he's, he's a mess
0: completely unfazed by everything that happens to him this and, and, and I the, guess after a certain point of doing so many things he would get over it but it's like he just It just makes him uninteresting. It is
1: uninteresting because he has nothing to do in the movie. When you're watching Die Hard, the fact that he can overcome these situations is the thing that makes him a badass. It's that it's hard for him to do it. And he does, and he does it for his family. So it's like a very pure kind of. He could have been a guy
0: that he could have been your brother. He could have been a guy you went to high school with, somebody that you shot pool with. I mean, he was the everyman, and now he is. Now he is somebody you can't be. Yeah. You know? I will, I'll tell you, i I talked
2: about this a little bit on the Expendables 2 special features because we were talking about sort of the action hero tropes and stuff like that, and he came along at a time when Arnold and Stallone were big at the box office, and they were the the action heroes of the time. And at that time, it was like almost like the arms race that was going on between Russia and the United States. Yeah. There was like a muscle race going on. Let me on. guess
0: which side Arnold was <laughs> in that equation. There was
2: a muscle race going on between Arnold and Stallone and these bigger guns and bigger movies and bigger stunts and all this stuff. And you're right. John McClane came around. He was just a guy. He was he humanized everything. And then you started to get movies that were about that. They're about, you know, like Harrison Ford, the little guy kind of taking it back. And
0: and or even the premise of one man in a in a crazy situation like under siege or gradually death. Yeah. It's either like one guy who's got some
2: skill that, you know, you know, goes against all odds. Gradually, though, we've gotten back to the idea of Superman, and so the character of John McClane has actually come full circle and is now like Stallone, is yeah. now like Schwarzenegger. He's become. Yeah. That's it, what makes it feels false. To yeah, every, I, feel I false mean, to he everyone. has
0: become the thing that the first one. wasn't parroting, but was so dead set uh, against being. Um,
1: and I mean, then Bourne came in, and yeah. yeah, it was a whole different. I mean, yeah. he was, you know, that was not the Ever-Man he, by he any He was a super, but it was the fact that but,
0: what could have been this monosyllabic Superman, the fact that you cast somebody like Matt Damon, Matt Damon, to to be. Essentially, Rambo. It gave it a human, relatable yeah, quality. He you know? gave it that. He gave, he it, gave it because
1: it. he has that Harrison Ford quality where he yeah. can bring that to whatever he wants to bring it to. Yeah. You know. Oh anyway.
2: man, I'm I'm so indebted to Trey Parker and Matt Stone for me never being able to say Matt, Matt Damon without thinking Matt Damon. Yeah. Thanks, guys.
0: Who else can yeah. we offend it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, well, let's let's guess uh, at. Uh, what uh what diehard's gonna make. I, I, I think like you just calling it what it is now. Yeah. Let's guess. Let's just get, <laughs> let's just pull it out of our ass. Today on pull it out of your ass. Um, at IGN. Uh I think I'm gonna say diehard. I'm gonna say number one with forty two million. Because the the reviews have been atrocious. Does I mean
1: review proof.
0: Yeah it really is. Um we'll see so I'm gonna say diehard number one forty two million then Safe Haven, because it's Nicholas Sparks, I think is is going to do well. And it's Valentine's Day weekend. I'm going to say 25. I'm going to say Identity Thief in third place. Um, I'm going to say 20. A- and because we also have Escape from Planet Earth opening and Beautiful Creatures, so I'm gonna give numbers for those. Wait,
1: where's Beautiful how many theaters beautiful creatures? I
0: I don't have that inf- once you show up. Prepared. I don't have that <laughs> information. <laughs> Escape from Planet Earth, I'm gonna say fourth place with about th-
3: <clears throat>
0: th- thirteen. And then Beautiful Creatures I'm gonna say um fifth place with about uh thirteen. Uh, I think it's going to be a close race. Okay, let's say yeah, I'm going to make that 14 for Planet Earth. Well, 13 I thought we only really did top Earth. three. Stop no, no, because you know what? Numbers. When we have big releases like this, we do we do broaden okay. it out. So, so uh, I, think Die Hard, I think Die Hard is
2: <laughs> going to go a little bigger than that. So I think I. it's going to do 50. Um, I think uh, Safe Haven, because it's the Sparksmeister, is going right. to do 31. Then right. I'm going to say Beautiful Creatures above um, in third place at about 20. Okay. Sure. Um, Identity Thief at about 18, and Escape is going to bomb at 8.
1: All right. Okay. You and I, our, our minds are actually... Similar tonight, today because Die Hard, I also think is going to do way better than that. I think it'll do. I'll say fifty, but I think it could go even more. I think this is absolutely. Well, then
0: go higher.
1: Well, fifty-one. Okay. Fifty-one. It's, it's um, it's review, right. It's it's entirely re- review proof. Okay. Entirely. All right. Um, I'm also. I mean, I'm I'm torn between Safe Haven and Beautiful Creatures because they both have that appeal of the romance. It is, um, don't forget that Beautiful Creatures also is you know has the mythology to it's got, it it's, the YA. it's got the ya appeal this is valentine's day so just to say fuck you <laughs> wow <laughs> <You're> <laughs> i'm gonna, gonna say... i'm gonna put beautiful creatures ahead of safe haven okay um, with 20 20 Okay. and then i'll put safe haven at 18 okay. uh, identity thief at 15 and escape at seven just because that's what no, I, don't know. I, haven't seen I really it. don't think it's it, I don't
2: think Escape is going to do well because I don't think it's got buzz at all. Yeah. And uh, but you know I also I, it, it's it's weird you know when when Matt used to work here he had a little bit more insight into what kids were actually talking about because he yeah, has young kids yeah. going to school and he would be like oh no, no that's actually going to do you know Diary of a Wimpy Kid's going to do all right and we were like okay whatever man and, and then it, it did and then it did all right yeah you
1: know? uh, well yeah that's true I mean maybe. I, I don't have that insight because I have no children. But honestly, <laughs> I really
2: don't think that that movie is going to do much of anything. It just—it it looks DOA to me. Yeah.
1: I feel like Beautiful Creatures has the potential. It may not do this, but it does have the t- potential to become one of those. That's why I asked how many theaters it was getting released in, which I should have known before coming in here. But I feel <laughs> like it does—it does, it I it does it. have that potential to become one of those phenomenon. I YA do wonder movies. if
0: it isn't. Um, or is it going to be another, like, one of those franchise non-starters, like a Lemony Snicket or it any could, of those? It you could. Know? be. It I could, know it's a I've, different type of thing, but you know what I mean? Like, there have been a lot of these sort of fantasy-lit books that have yeah. been adapted. Uh, you know, I think, yeah. who knows if the host is going to do well. I mean, they're pushing I'm that, but I don't y- know. It, yes. Well, it is yeah, going I mean, to fill it, it, somewhat it, it, of the, of the void, yeah. you know, that No, yeah. the host Twilight will leaves. do well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well,
1: um, beautiful Creatures, I think, is a risk, but I feel like it could go in that direction
0: i mean emmy rossum um you know her profile is a lot higher now because it's shameless than it was when she was out there pushing other movies like dragon ball and yeah things like that so although she's not the main lead in there no yeah.
1: but it's also got quite a cast you guys but I mean, it's, it's got jeremy irons jeremy
0: irons though is to me is the kiss of death in some things it's not putting butts in seats though At that, fair thing.
1: enough
0: yeah <laughs> Uh, but and, and I love Jeremy Irons. But, but witches just,
1: is, is putting those thirteen-year-olds
0: who uh, wait, hey, wait who watch Damage.
1: <laughs> Frankly, witches. Think about how um, the heinousness of Hansel and Gretel, witch hunters. It's still did oh decent. heinouses, heinouses. <laughs> okay, um, all right. I but totally. I'm just saying, like, but that still made decent money. I mean, but it, it literally kill.
0: had like nothing else going up against yeah. it, think, It really. was the number one movie in it's, America. It can gonna, say that. It's yeah.
1: not going to be... I mean, like Die Hard's going to be the monster this weekend, right? But I feel like for the romance movie, for the YA movie, it could be Beautiful Creatures. Yeah. We
0: shall see. All right, folks. Well, that'll about do it for this uh, week's podcast. Thank you, Robert Getz, for dominating reader email. I'll Robert get to everybody else next week. Um, uh, shoot us uh, your email to keepingitreal at ign.com. Give us a shout out over on iTunes. Check out the site at IGN.com movies for all our reviews of this week's releases. And as always, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time.